0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of the Bood Broadcast. I am recording from home today, which I don't do a lot lately. Lately, I've been recording in the studio but it's kind of a gloomy day. I've got Great British Bake Off in the background on mute. I made some pumpkin cookies last night. My home just felt cozy and I wanted to record at home today. So I'm all bundled up and ready to talk about today's topic, which is not scary. It is not a scary episode. We've had a lot of a lot of scares over the last 3 weeks. You guys have messaged me. There have been a lot of sleepless nights. <laughs> Going on in our community because of the episodes. But this week we are lightening things up and we are doing the things that haunt us. And the things that haunt us are the things that you said or did, you know, days, weeks, months, probably years ago, that still keep you up at night, that you still can't believe you said or did or brought up in front of somebody or like those moments. Like you put your foot in your mouth and you just think about it for the next 18 years and you can't believe you did. Those are the things that haunt us. So we're keeping the haunted theme, but it's not scary and we're going to keep it light. I have so many of these. I have so many of these. And honestly, some of them, you want to know the worst part of so many of my, my things that haunt me. They're on podcast episodes they are recorded. They are, they are out there. They are out there for everybody to listen to. When people message me and they're like, oh, I'm starting from the very beginning. I'm like, please don't, please don't. Because I really don't stand by like 95% of the things that I said. Also, sometimes I think about like, this is, this is one of the worst things. Sometimes I think about jokes that I make that I then get sick of like the next day, like I'll reference like a TikTok or like an internet joke or something like that. And then I will get sick of that joke and it will actually start to make me cringe when I hear it. And then I remember like that is on an episode somewhere. Like I recorded that like early 2021 when it was funny. And now here we are two and a half years later, and it's not funny, but it's still there and people still listen to it. And I don't know if they think I still think that. That's the panic that sits in. So if you do listen to old episodes, I don't, I don't even, I don't, I'm a different person. They're still gonna keep me up at night, no matter how many times I say. No matter how many times you guys say it's fine, we get it, you change. your sense of humor changes, your opinions change. it's all right i still I still think about it. so that's probably the most haunting part of my life, which is really unfortunate. <laughs> but anyway, these submissions were submitted by you guys, and I have actually not read them yet because, as you guys know, I'm prepping for maternity leave. I'm pumping out the episodes like I am really. I'm coming to terms with the fact that this is going to be a really busy next few months because I'm like tripling the workload so that we can get some really good episodes out before I go on maternity leave. But that means I needed to enlist some help. So of course, gorgeous, amazing, talented, beautiful, never been done before. Lucy is helping me prep these episodes. So she's reading a lot of your submissions and sending them to me. It is so, so, so helpful. And it's also such a fun little little surprise for me because a lot of times I read these stories and I read them a couple of times. I go through, I edit them, whatever. And then by the time I'm reading them on the podcast, it's like not a shock to me. So I love a little bit of shock value when I get to read these. So that's all the announcements that I have. Let's begin. Did you guys hear Alexa right there? Alexa, stop. Okay. Now I'm scared. (laughs) Okay. Let's begin with the things that haunt us. First up, I was a junior in high school, which makes this story so much worse because high school itself is a horror film. Anyway, I went on a couple dates with this guy, developed a crush naturally. I felt like the feeling was mutual. So one night I decided I had to text him and tell him how I felt. I formulated a text that went something like this. Hey, I really love hanging out with you. And I think it's pretty clear that I really like you. Like really, really like you. I sent it and I'm anxiously waiting for a text back. A couple minutes later, I get a text from my best friend since childhood who of course had the same name as my crush, telling me that he's always loved me and was so relieved because he wanted to tell me, but he never knew how. I texted the wrong guy. I was mortified. I immediately texted my best friend back and I told him I didn't mean to text him and and that I was so sorry. My best friend and I had a rocky slash uncomfortable couple of weeks, but we recovered and I ended up dating my crush for a little bit. If I were to go back in time, I probably should have just dated my best friend because he was a way better guy. Anyway, the story isn't over. Fast forward seven years later to a couple months ago, I text my best friend who I still keep in contact with. I ask him about his new business and life in general. He texts me back, he doesn't know who I am. I think he's messing with me when I realize <laughs> when I realize I texted my ex-crush. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but I could go my whole life not having another conversation with my high school fling. And I could not believe I made that mistake again. Lesson learned, delete the contacts you don't need. And if you have an old crush and a best friend with the same name, know who you're texting before you press send. What are the chances that it happens twice? It happens twice in one lifetime with the same pair of people. Do you guys remember purposely accidentally texting somebody? Because I remember when I was in eighth or maybe it was ninth grade, I don't know but my boyfriend broke up with me. And then I decided to just randomly text him out of nowhere and say like a couple weeks after I break up, like we hadn't been talking and I texted him and just said, love you. And then I texted right after and I said, oh, sorry, that wasn't for you. Even though I I had nobody that I was trying to send it to. I just, I wanted him to think that I had meant to send love you to somebody else. And I don't know. I feel like that was, it's one of those things that You would never admit to doing, but literally every single one of us has probably, if not done, maybe thought about, if I'm wrong about that, please don't correct me. Please tell me that you also used this tactic in junior high or high school. I was in junior high. Okay. I think we can, I think we can all give our, our junior high selves a break. I've had the same phone number my whole life. Like since the very first time I got a phone, my mom gave me like a little brick phone when I was probably 13, just to be able to get a hold of me. And then I kept that number. Like every single phone since that phone, I have had the same number and I have never deleted a contact. Well, unless I like purposely went in and it was an ex boyfriend or something. But other than that, I have the most random contacts pop up. And you know where they pop up? I don't know how many of you guys are using Marco Polo, but they pop up in Marco Polo and on Snapchat. Like I will get a notification like it's Ryan from history class's birthday. I'm like, "I why did I save this? Why haven't I deleted this yet?" Let's just discuss some of the contacts that I have saved in my phone. Abby Cats, History, Amanda. Oh, I good. I have one named Neighbor. I have one named Don't Answer. I have Carol. I have no I have no clue who Carol is. If you were to ask me, I would say I've never met somebody named Carol, yet here they are. let's see. Carly from class. (laughs) That's good. That's super helpful. I still have my childhood home phone number saved in here, which is pretty incredible. Anyway, this is probably not interesting to anybody but me, but what a trip. Good lesson to go through your contacts and double check who you're sending things to. When I'm sending a risky text or a risky Snapchat, Like I double check probably 15 times. I'm like, okay, picture there. Picture to who? Who's it going to? There, that's who I'm sending it to. Double check it, delete the message, go in, start the text over again. Double check that time. Make sure you're not sending it to any type of group. Just, you gotta be extra sure. Okay, next one. In sixth grade, I told a boy at lunch that he needed a bra for his man boobs and it made him cry. And now nearly 13 years later, it still haunts me. I did see him in my hometown about three years ago. And he had a huge glove. like he's super hot now. So maybe do I credit myself a little bit, but I do feel horrible for being a middle school bully, even though it may have inspired him to get hotter in the long run. I do feel like a lot of people who get hot are doing so out of spite, which honestly, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Like people who go through bad breakups and they're like, I'm gonna get as hot as possible. I live for that. Do things, we should be doing more things out of spite and out of anger. I feel like anger is, anger gets a bad rap because we always tell each other and we tell people like, you don't want to hold on to anger. You don't want to live with that. It's like a yucky feeling inside, whatever. But I actually kind of think that anger is productive. I feel like when people talk about breakups and stuff, I feel like the real breakthrough when you get over an ex or you move forward or you're finally able to let go, it's the anger that sets you free. Because if you live in like the sad part of it too long, then then it can trigger like sympathy. Like if somebody wronged you, they don't deserve your sympathy. They deserve your anger. So more things out of spite, more things out of anger is what I think that we should do. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Clean Simple Eats. I know you guys have heard All about this protein powder. You've seen it everywhere. You've seen it on TikTok. You've seen your favorite people online talking about it. And there's a reason because protein powder finally exists that does not have a chalky aftertaste. Clean, simple eats is different than basically every other protein powder I've tried. It's super creamy. It's smooth. It's got none of that chalkiness. And their flavors go so crazy. They have every single dessert flavor that you can possibly think of. I like to stick with the chocolate. Also, that mint chocolate cookie does not mess around. It's so nice. For some reason, when the weather cools down, I want minty things. I don't know if you guys are like that, but it is actually so good. I have told everybody about it. I've gotten all my friends on it. They have 26 delicious, all-natural flavors, and you really can't go wrong with any of them. Like I said, I'm loving the mint chocolate cookie right now, but they have s'mores, cake batter. They've got their classic chocolate and vanilla. The vanilla is the one that I use the most. I use it pretty much every single morning in my protein smoothie. One of the things I love about Clean Simple Eats is their high ingredient standards. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no artificial ingredients. It is third-party tested. It is non-GMO and it is gluten-free. Plus, Clean Simple Eats is a female-founded, female-owned business. You know, we're all about that here at The Bad Broadcast. It is so tasty. I feel like the trend right now is like protein desserts. And so all of their flavors go so well with that. Like if you do the protein pudding, you do protein shakes, whatever it is, it's really good. So visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code BAD at checkout for 20% off of your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com. Code is BAD for 20% off of your first order you want to start a company but have no idea where to begin? Or do you have dreams of becoming an influencer? Well, the Life with Mariana podcast is here to help. I'm Mariana Hewitt, a Los Angeles based influencer and co founder of the Clean Skincare Line, Summer Fridays. Each Tuesday, I'm talking to my friends from business owners, wellness experts, and more to share all of their best advice for you to live your best life. Make sure to tune in and subscribe to my podcast and follow me on Instagram at mariana underscore Hewitt to see what's coming up each week so you don't miss an episode. Okay, next one. Oh my. I cannot. This makes me cringe so much. Most of the things that haunt me are social interactions I've had that I've ruined, and this one is my worst. My husband and I were chatting with people in the hallway after church service. We started chatting with a couple we didn't know very well. I was talking with the wife and my husband was talking with her husband. I felt uncomfy because we had zero things in common while my husband and her husband had more in common. However, we found common ground in the fact that she and my husband both li- had lived in Philadelphia. Since I was not the one who lived in Philly, I didn't really know what to say. But the only thing I knew about Philadelphia was that they put Cheese Whiz on their Philly cheesesteaks. So I turned to her and I said, Hey, they put Cheese Whiz on their chili fees. <laughs> that wasn't me messing it up. That was how she spelled it. Hey, they put Cheese Whiz on their chili fees steaks, right? Huh? She said, Oh, sorry, I mixed those words up. <laughs> oh, sorry, I mixed those words up. My husband told me they put cheese whiz on their chili feast steaks. I mixed it up again. Oh, let me try one more time. Let me try it one more time. I said, "Do you put cheese whiz on your chili feast steaks?" I got the term chili feast. <laughs> I can't say it. I got the term Philly cheesesteaks wrong three times, and I will never talk to this woman again. Oh my gosh. The worst part about when stuff like this happens is that inevitably somebody around you thinks that you're trying to be funny. At least that's my fear. That's my fear. When I'm like, when I'm trying to say something or trying to do something and I can't get it quite right and I'm just convinced that somebody thinks I'm doing a bit and I have to be extra clear, like I am not trying to be funny. I promise I'm not trying to be funny. Like I am struggling. (laughs) Please believe me. And then it becomes even weirder. I had something well I don't know if this is similar but just that feeling of like I'm not trying to be funny this happened the other night we were filming our gender reveal and I just I really don't like filming myself in front of people or recording in front of people like I I can't do it I think it's why I really don't like live performances or I've I haven't pursued a lot of live shows because doing things in front of people feels so embarrassing to me and it's like It's to the point where I actually feel like I have a problem. I feel like I have a problem because I'm in our kitchen and I'm setting, I have my ring light set up. I have all the cake stuff. I'm like getting ready to do this. You know, I'm going to make this cake and I'm going to talk about the gender reveal. And my boyfriend's sitting here on the couch and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't. And from the outside looking in, I'm like, I know this looks like I'm making it up. Like, I know this looks like I'm just being dramatic or stupid or like, I like want to get a laugh. But I'm actually like sick trying to figure out how to film myself with somebody else in the room who's not on camera with me. Like I I think about that, okay, this is this is a throwback. But like a year and a half ago when I did the e-news Snapchat story hosting thing, I guess it's probably a good thing because I had no time to like to think about what I was saying. But they just kind of throw you in and they give you a script and they're like, okay, go. Like now you have to say it in front of all these people it was mortifying. It really shattered my illusion of, yeah, I think I'd be a pretty good actor because, oh my gosh, it is so incredibly hard to perform in front of people. When people do it, when people act, when people are on stage a lot, when people are really comfortable public speaking, it is the hardest skill to me to even come close to mastering. I'm so impressed with people who do it And people ask me all the time, like what I, you know, hope for my daughter or what I want her to be. And I always joke that like, I really want her to be a theater kid for my own selfish reasons, because I love theater, but also because I just feel like the level of confidence it takes to be able to be on stage. I'm just so jealous of every person who has that. And I've taken acting classes. I've tried to like figure out how to be in front of a crowd. It is just, it's really hard. Anyway, that was, that was a really random tangent, but it was on my mind, I guess. So, all right, next one. I was making out with a guy on his couch and I ended up straddling his lap. He was wearing basketball shorts. Being the good little religious boy he was, he said, we have to stop. I'm getting way too excited. I said, really? You're wearing basketball shorts. I can't feel big. His eyes got huge and his face started turning red and he said, oh, you can't? And he looks down and he says, oh, I guess it is as small as they said. Oh, sad, sad. <laughs> I'm a terrible person and I had to work really hard not to laugh, but I didn't work and I let out a giggle, which just made the poor guy more embarrassed. All I wanted to say, all I wanted to ask was who they were and ask how big it really was. Because when I tell you I felt nothing, it was like a Kendall nothing. <laughs> I got off his lap and I said, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. I think I'm just going to go. And I left, never talked to him again. I still think about how embarrassed that poor guy must have been. Poor guy, probably shattered, shattered his self esteem at a, such a young age. I'm assuming you're at, this what happened when you were at a young age. If you're dry humping and he has basketball shorts on, whenever like people get on this topic about like size, size of manhood, it's so funny because people because the reality is is that size really doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I mean, it affects things, but it doesn't affect whether it's good or bad. Because while I believe a lot of men don't really care, I would argue that. The vast majority of men do care about the size of their dick and they do care how their girlfriend or partner talks about it. And so I always think about this when I'm talking to another girl and she's like, I don't even care. I wouldn't want any bigger. I wouldn't want it to be any bigger. I'm just, I'm so happy with the size. I'm like, what if your partner was overhearing this and was like, why are you defending small dicks so much? I remember I went to one of those, I think I told you guys about this. I went to one of those sex toy parties like forever ago and the ladies like talking about how size doesn't matter. And like, there's like, you know, a handful of women in the room that are like, she's right. She's right. Size really doesn't matter. And I'm like, I wonder what your partner would think if he knew that you were here in a group defending small penis sizes. I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing. Maybe, maybe he would like it. Maybe he would like if you were out to dinner with your friends talking about how you prefer a small penis. Maybe he would like it. I don't know. And call it the patriarchy, call it toxic masculinity. I don't know, but it just is the reality of where we are. I don't think most guys want to be paraded around as the, you know, the face of small penises. Okay, next one. So I was driving with a coworker for work and we were talking about how we have both almost gotten in car crashes on a certain street. Then I got out of the car and I said, bye, I'll see you tomorrow unless one of us kicks the bucket. He looked at me confused and said, what? And then it dawned on me, he has cancer. I said, oh, not be, not because of that, just because of the, the car accidents. And I trailed off. It haunts me to this day. And I still want to crawl under a rock every time I think of it. It's like the the age old story of when you make a your mom joke and then someone's mom has died or you bring up somebody's parents and somebody, you know, it's like when you when you bring up somebody's significant other and they just barely broke up. Oh, or they've been broken up for a long time. That one's even worse. I've had that happen to me actually quite a bit. Not the one that I've done, but people have definitely done it to me. Okay, next one. As I walked into a Home Depot with my son, he was riding on the front of the cart, swinging around and acting silly. The greeter said to me, That looks fun. And I said, I know. Why would you walk when someone will just push you? And then I noticed that the man was in a wheelchair. <laughs> no, I almost imploded on the spot. He was very gracious and didn't point out the obviously tone deaf thing I had just said. I will never forget it. And I die a little inside every time it crosses my mind. No, it's like when Ryan Seacrest tried to high five the blind girl. No. Oh, it's so bad. This is a little bit off topic, but I did have to go to a Home Depot the other day and it's not safe. Okay. It's not safe for girls like me and you. It's not a place that we thrive. However the smell of Home Depot. I know it's the pregnancy. I know it's the the weird, but like I needed to chew on a two by four. The moment I walked in, I needed to snort sawdust. Like I couldn't inhale fast enough. I loved the smell so, so much. Okay. Next one. This was a rough one. I was working at an assisted living and one of my residents had a nursing visit scheduled. They had a big wound and the nurse was asking me to describe it. I wanted to say that it was still leaking a lot of pus, but for some reason, I couldn't articulate the words in my brain. I said I had been looking really pussy every time I had seen it to dress the wound. I couldn't figure out what I had said, so I repeated pussy again and again. The nurse just nodded along. About five minutes after she said it, I realized I had been saying pussy, (laughs) pussy as in vagina pussy and not wound pussy or not wound pussy, which I think are... I think are spelled the same way. I felt like a great healthcare professional that day, and I can't wait to be a nurse so that I will most likely say dumb things like that again. Like I don't know how to describe it, but the wound looks vaginal. The wound looks vaginal. It's split right down the middle. There's stuff coming out of it. It's looking vaginal. But I will say it's good because you said it to a coworker rather than a patient. I have never forgotten anything that any doctor has ever said to me, unfortunately like, again, let me tangent here. The very first doctor I saw when I was, while well, I was pregnant, when well, I was still pregnant, but when I got pregnant, the main thing that he told me was that I should really, really do my best not to gain weight. Like that was kind of like the theme of our appointment was like, you really, really, really need to make sure that you're not gaining weight. Like you don't need to gain weight until your third trimester. Like really, really watch that. And I know a lot of people have had these, these similar issues with, with doctors. I ended up switching and now I'm with like the lady I'm with now is she's really awesome. Like she literally said to me in our first appointment, she was like, I'm not even going to tell you what you weigh. She was like, if I was concerned about it, I would say it, but there's no reason for you to know. There's no reason for us to talk about it. You're growing a human being. You're going to gain weight. Big deal. Like she was really cool about it. And it kind of, I didn't realize in my first doctor's appointment how much it bugged me. Cause I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense you know, you got to be careful. You don't want to get gestational diabetes or gain too much weight. It's harder, whatever. And then when my new doctor said that to me, I was like, wait, that seems way more normal. And now I have been ruminating on why that doctor said that to me. And it's like really affected me. (laughs) It's really like affected the way I see myself and my eating. And I'm like, wait, is this, I don't know. Cause you know, you just trust your doctors. You think that they're telling you the very best thing for you. You never think like, well, maybe they don't know, or maybe they don't understand. And it's just, anyway, I wonder, I wonder if he's saying that to everybody or if it's just, you know, something special he saved for me. Okay. Next one. I was teaching about mindful and intuitive eating in a college nutrition class. And as the students were practicing on a Reese's peanut butter cup, I told them, what were they practicing? Oh, they were practicing intuitive eating. All right. Reese's peanut butter cup. And I told them, notice how it tastes and feels in your mouth and when you swallow pay attention to how it feels going down your throat i just stopped there face palmed myself and apologized for explaining it in that way while every student died laughing teachers can get away with nothing especially it sounds like this is oh yeah this was in a college class which is even funnier though because then everybody gets the joke but i bet i feel like i read some stories like this in our teacher in our teacher episode like i feel like sometimes teachers say something like maybe vaguely dirty and like two students get it and then they bust up laughing and then the whole class wants to know why they're laughing and then you can't explain it to them and then it's just a whole mess. Those teacher stories, oh my gosh, I think about some of the ones that I couldn't share. Like some teachers who said like really like inappropriate things, not on purpose, but like they just said it without thinking and then all of like a couple students picked up on it. But it sounds like you gave great advice for eating. Not great advice for anything else that you don't really want to pay attention to. But when you're eating, great thing to pay attention to. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Next one. On my first date with my boyfriend, we were talking about our families and I mentioned how I have a single mom. He said, oh, I have a single mom too. And I immediately said, oh, is your dad a deadbeat too? He said, well, he's just dead. (laughs) We laugh about it now. But every so often I think about how horrible that could have gone. You're like, oh, is your dad just an idiot loser that you hate? And he's like, no, just, just dead. (laughs) Just dead. Thanks for bringing it up. Okay. Next one. I have a cousin named Gus. My husband ran into him at a family party and said, remind me your name again. And he said, Gus. And my husband heard it as guess. So he was like, I don't know. And my cousin said Gus again. And my husband was like, no, man, I really can't. And my cousin said, gus again. And my husband felt so awkward. And he just slowly turned and walked away. We were dying when he came up to me after and he was like, Okay, remind me that cousin's name. And I pointed at him from a distance and I said, gus. And he was like, uh, oh, gus. I hate when people say guess to anything. I hate when you're with somebody and that you ask them how old they are, and they're like, guess. It's like, no. No, just tell me. Or, like, I made a video or I made a TikTok about how I can always tell when somebody's from Utah in TikToks because I just can. And so many people were commenting, like, look at my TikTok and guess where I'm from. I'm like, that's, first of all, not the game. Second of all, does not sound very fun to me. Okay, next one. Ghosts have nothing on how much this story haunts me. My husband and I had been married for a couple months and we were having all sorts of fun doing husband and wife things in parentheses, she put sex. <laughs> one day we went for a drive up the canyon and decided to pull off and go for a walk on one of the trails. One thing led to another and I was on my knees pulling my husband's pants down. It was very early spring and there were no leaves on the trees yet. <laughs> oh no. Oh no, no, no. But we hadn't seen any other cars around. So we thought we were fine to just take a couple steps off the path to do the deed. Wrong. Not even two minutes had passed and coming down the path was a mountain biker and his two dogs because he was on a bike and (laughs) (laughs) because he was on a bike and moving fast. My fate was sealed throat deep in the thick of it with no time to move or hide. My back was to the trail. So I stayed frozen on my knees while my husband locked eyes with the biker. We were not even remotely hidden due to the lack of leaves and our stupidity. There was no question about what was going down. We waited probably 30 minutes before we went back to our car because we were terrified of running into him again. I have never felt embarrassment so deep. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I bet he tells that story. The mountain biker. I bet he tells that story at every single party. He'll be like, you guys will never guess. Like, he'll be at like REI with all his buddies. And they'll be like, what's the craziest thing that happened to you while you're mountain biking? He'll be like, I literally watched a blowjob in real time. Okay, (laughs) next one. I accidentally ate a weed brownie while nannying. It was my first experience being high and I genuinely convinced myself I was dead. Thankfully, the kids were fine while in my care in that state of mind, but having to face the mom after that was mortifying. I need more details. Was this the parent's brownie? Was it your brownie? How did you accidentally eat it? Because I'm pretty sure you'd be able to taste it, I feel like. But that feeling when you convince yourself that you're dead, I had that feeling one time on ketamine where I was really, it was doctor facilitated in case you're new here. I didn't just like go down a K-hole. But I genuinely, like for about 40 minutes of my life, I was absolutely sure that I had moved on, that I was I, I had moved on to the next phase of existence. I didn't know if it was death per se But it was not life. I was not alive in that moment. All right, next one. I went whitewater rafting with my in-laws. I know, terrible already. Anyway, my brother-in-law, who's the same age as me, was seated right behind me. When we hit a giant rapid, he went flying from the boat. This is the story as the whole family knows it, and he got teased all day for being the one to fall out. However, the real story, which no one will ever know, is that when he got propelled from the boat, he was swinging and grabbing wildly for anything so he could stay in. He caught the back of my swimsuit. (laughs) He caught the back of my swimsuit bottom and his fingers went deep down my crack. (laughs) Maybe further. Maybe further. I don't know. It was all a blur. Maddie, no one has ever touched me that intimately and I am married. Everyone was teasing him about falling out and he and I could not make eye contact. I will have to spend the rest of my life around my brother-in-law and his wife pretending he hasn't fisted me. Pretending he hasn't fisted me. I love to bring this up with my husband once in the blue once in a blue moon to remind him that his brother has touched me more intimately than he ever has l o l. Oh my gosh, I'm crying. Oh, there are tears in my eyes. That is so, so bad. Everything within laws is just one thousand times more awkward. Even things that shouldn't be awkward are somehow awkward. With in laws. So the fact that this was actually something awkward with an in law, there is no recovering. There is no recovering from that at all. Oh my goodness. That's the funniest thing I've ever read. Okay, next one. Oh my goodness. I can't believe I'm telling people about this. First off, I have a severe gluten intolerance and I try so hard to avoid eating gluten, but sometimes I just can't resist myself and I eat it. Needless to say, it makes my stomach super upset and I get the poops. One day I went to the dog park with my two dogs. This dog park is huge. It takes like 15 minutes to walk down the cemented path to get to the lake my dogs like to play in. While down at the water watching my dogs play, it hits me and I have to go to the bathroom so bad. I tell my dogs to come on and that we're leaving and I start walking back up the path toward the entrance, which is a whopping 15 minute walk away. There are bathrooms at the top and I told myself I could make it. After starting to walk and I get the sweats and I realize that I have to make a choice I either poop my pants or run off into the woods and poop at the dog park. I didn't want to deal with poopy pants, poopy pants. So I quickly grabbed some doggy bags to wipe with and I ran into the woods. I'm so lucky that this dog park had some thick wooded area that I could hide in. I quickly pulled my pants down and pooped. I was so mortified. Luckily it was a rainy day. So there were only a few people at the dog park. I really hope no one saw me do this terrible act that day. I still have nightmares about this daily. You know, rumor has it, that people camp and they sometimes shit outside. I would know nothing about that, but I have heard I've heard that rumor that people do that. So honestly, it's fine. And dog park, I mean it's definitely not ideal to like, you know, the woods, but it's definitely not the worst place. I'm sorry, but I don't believe I'm wrong about this. Like if you're going to have to do that somewhere, the dog park seems like the best place to at least recover afterward. Because if somebody sees you cleaning it up, no one's going to think anything of it. I mean, granted, if somebody sees you in the middle of it, they're going to think it's weird. But you have a cover for afterwards. If that happens to you in like a parking lot, it's weirder. And imagine that happens to you with no dogs around. Imagine you're cleaning something like that up and there's nobody else to blame it on. Like this one, you can blame it on your dogs. You know, anyway, all I'm here to say is that it's not the worst thing. It is not, it's no brother-in-law's finger up your ass crack, all right? Okay, next one. Okay, Maddie, I'm absolutely dying inside because this just happened. I have an album on my phone of all of my pictures I have with my boyfriend. I was with my mom and talking to her about his dog and I proceeded to show her this cute picture of the dog on my phone. She held the phone to get a closer look and I didn't realize she swiped out to look at the other photos. She hands me the phone back with it being a different picture of the dog. I got out of that photo and there were some full Nudes of my boyfriend right next to the dog picture. Yep, my very religious mother definitely saw more than she wanted. She didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. We said goodbye awkwardly, trying to act like I didn't even know that she must have seen those. R.I.P. me, Maddie. R.I.P. I don't mean to blame you in this situation. However, saving the nudes to your unlocked camera roll is such a choice. I can't quite wrap my mind around that. We, we can't be doing that. I have, first of all, I have told you guys, I know it feels juvenile, but maybe Snapchat is the way to go. However, if you're not into Snapchat and you are more of an adult, you can lock photo albums. However, just saving them to the camera roll in general is wild to me. Also, even if you don't have nudes on your phone, people scrolling through your pictures. Like I think I, I know for a fact, I have no nudes in my camera roll. Like not a single one of any person ever. However, when people start flipping through my pictures, like check my cervix before you look through my camera roll, please. Okay. Next one. I still feel bad for this one. Okay. So I was with my boyfriend and his friend at this taco place and I had chicken tacos and asada tacos. I gobbled down the chicken tacos and started working on the asada ones when I started to notice a chewy weird texture and started to get freaked out that I was chewing on tendons or something. So I had to casually spit it up, but I didn't have any napkins. So I super low-key put my hand up to my mouth and spit it out and put it on my plate by the other pieces of meat that were falling out as I ate the tacos. When I finished, I slid my plate away and my... No, no. And when I finished, I slid my plate away and my boyfriend was like, look at all this leftover meat you left out. And he started... This, this is so rude to, oh, it's actually, I got to toughen up and get through this. Look at all this leftover meat you left out. And he started to pick up the pieces and eat them. But before I could say anything, I see him grab the piece I spit out and put it in his mouth, chew it and swallow it. He was in the middle of a conversation with his friend. So I didn't want to make a scene or make him embarrassed that he just ate this meat I had already chewed on. But we have since broken up unrelated to this incident, but I still have never told him to this day. And I don't know why, because it's not that big of a deal. I also don't know why I didn't keep the gross piece in my mouth and walk over and grab napkins and then spit it out that way, or even just acted like I needed to use the bathroom and spit it out there. It's kind of funny to look back on. And in the end, I definitely told all of my friends about this after it happened. That would have been a great thing to tell him post-breakup, especially if he did something really bad. I had somebody suggest this topic. I definitely want to do it. I need, it, I need to add it to the schedule. I want to know the diabolical things that you guys have done post breakup. Like, you know what we were talking about earlier, like letting anger fuel you through the breakup. I want to know what the anger fueled you to do. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like we're going to have to do that. Wait till I do a prompt. Sometimes I suggest a topic and then you guys DM me and then they get lost. So I'm going to do a prompt for this. I promise it'll come up probably sometime in November. I also feel like we need to do an episode about it because people need ideas. We need to know what we should be doing with all of this anger. All right. We're going to wrap up here in a second. Here's a quick one. My knees shake with disgust whenever I randomly remember that after my now husband and I kissed for the first time, I looked at him and I said, you're a silly goober. <laughs> I don't like that at all. However, I can't even think of a, of a first kiss that I had that I would not rather crawl in a hole and claw my own face off than watch. Like I would never want to watch myself kiss seeing videos of myself or like photos of myself kissing is my nightmare. I hate it. I get so embarrassed for myself. Oh my. All right. Well, I'm sorry if these keep you up at night, but at least this one won't keep you up at night out of fear. It could be a lot worse, you guys. All right. We're going to wrap up there, but next week we will return to the spooky. It's Halloween week. The episode comes out the 30th of October. We got to do something spooky. And then November will be here and you guys will be set free. The curse will be lifted. You will no longer have to listen to anybody's scary stories. We will return. We have so many good episodes coming out for the rest of the year. I already have them planned. I'm so excited about them. A lot of you guys requested some OG topics that we haven't done in a while. Those are coming back. Just strap in tight because it's going to be really fun. All right. So I will see you guys next week. I love you so much. Join the Patreon. You can get two extra episodes a month. One of the episodes this month on Patreon is a new moon deep dive. Just, I'm not trying to tempt anybody. I'm not trying to pressure anybody. I just want you to know that that is available to you. And when you sign up for Patreon, you get the whole back catalog of all Patreon episodes. So sign up, get two extra episodes a month. And I love you so much. Be safe, be kind, be hot. What should we add on the end of this one? I think be normal is a good one to add to the end of this. Please, please, can we all just be a little bit more normal? And remember, I think we should end on the note that the embarrassing things you do, probably nobody else remembers them or they do remember them and they also keep them up at night and they just sit and think about it and think about it and think about it. But other than that, you're probably off the hook. Okay. Love you so much. Bye.